0: This episode of Okie Podcast is brought to you by Southwest Trading Company. If you've not been to Southwest Trading Company, please go do that right now or after this podcast. But the location for Southwest Trading Company is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Southwest Trading Company has so many items from so many different artists like jewelry, art, blankets, cedar boxes, clothing, collectibles, you name it, they got it. So please go check out the store. Holidays are coming up. So why not shop at Southwest Trading Company? Go like the Facebook page, follow the Facebook page to keep up with all new events coming at the store and items. And once again, that location is 1306 East 11th Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Go check them out and let them know Russ from Okie Podcast sent you. What's up, everybody? I just wanted to let everybody know about my good friend Daniel Campbell's Winter Solstice Fashion Show happening on December 17th, 2022. Doors will open at 4 p.m. and the fashion show will start at 7 p.m. Location is the NSU Ballroom 612 North Grand Avenue, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. This fashion show will feature seven indigenous designers, vendors, entertainment, and of course, fashion. VIP seating is available. If you would like to sponsor this event, please contact NativeBeautyAspiration at gmail.com. Don't miss out on this fashion show, the first one coming to Tahlequah, brought to you by Daniel Campbell and Native Beauty Aspiration. What's up, everybody? This is Russell Sun Eagle from Oki Podcast, and I'm here with Jason David Frank. What's up, everybody? Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, White Ranger, Red Zeo, Red Turbo, Black Dino, Thunder, and now my own movie called The Legend of the White Dragon. Just want to say thanks, everybody, for listening. You guys are the best, and you know what time it is. It's Morphin' Time. back everybody to okie podcast and on this episode i have another amazing guest she is an indigenous designer i have dr jessica moore harjo on today how you doing
1: i'm doing good doing how really
0: are you good. yep i'm doing good too on this very chilly day
1: yes yes
0: yeah well thank you for coming over uh, making time to come over i know very busy with everything you got going on but uh i don't know like where did you so are you pawnee as well mm-hmm. yeah but you didn't grow up in pawnee
1: uh, i lived in fairfax fairfax so i have family in pawnee mm-hmm.
0: so just town over i guess mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> what was it like in fairfax
1: Small (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It's like Pawnee
0: Worse or better Uh,
1: I hear about the same
0: For real Yeah I mean you drive through there I always get What is it Ralston Uh huh And then it's Fairfax Yeah I always get the two mixed up I always think Ralston is Fairfax And then Fairfax was Ralston
1: That's jacked up (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) I'm out of (laughs) here Yeah I'm out I'm out (laughs) that spongebob meme. how
0: dare you! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> don't you ever say that again
1: <laughs> no yeah like that high school there is consolidated so we have uh fairfax and ralston and make woodland you know woodland. oh and so like in in high school i went to high school there mm-hmm. um there wasn't like a rivalry there but it's like i guess back in the day there was you know because they were separate mm-hmm. and uh but if you lived in ralston you're like a um, Ralston Rat or something. Oh, really? I don't know. I Can't remember now. It's been so long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, oh, sorry, my <laughs> Ralston people. Um, but you know, you know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> I hear that's what uh, Hominy calls Cleveland too. Yeah. Cleveland Rats. <laughs> yeah. Because <of> that whole <laughs> Cleveland Hominy rivalry they have for football. Uh huh. And then. I learned that when I worked at Osage, and they are like, yeah, we used to call them Cleveland Rats all the oh, time. River Rats, yeah. Yeah, mean. and so I was like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, what's, what's the point? But big rivalry. I have no idea how even, or don't, I don't even know the history of it, but I know it's always a big thing going on. But I remember hearing, so is that what happened with Ralston and uh, – Fairfax, they joined up together to make Woodland.
1: Yeah, because I mean, even with like joining together, um, Class A. I mm-hmm. don't know what they are now, but when I, I was your Class A still back in my day, It was, kind of <laughs> <laughs> was Class A. Um, but before that, before they consolidated, it was like uh, I don't know, Class B or yeah. what? I don't know if there was a C. But yeah, they played like nine man football and mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, I heard. I forgot where I heard this. But the name Woodland, it came from because they the people that named it, they liked Woodland Hills.
1: Maybe. (laughs) And that's why they named it Woodland. (laughs) Uh, A possibility, I guess. (laughs) I
2: don't know.
0: I forgot who was telling me that. Or maybe it was maybe it was on Toke signals. I don't know. But it was they were talking about somebody was talking about Like, why is it Woodland? Like, what does that even mean? And then somebody said, oh, it's because a group of people or I think kids or teenagers or something, they got together and they were put in charge to name the school after it joined. (laughs) If I'm wrong, please (laughs) correct me, people. But this is what I heard. Don't take this like to heart or if this is truth or not. This is all, I guess. He's over here
1: making up stories. This is...
0: (laughs) I'm a storyteller. (laughs) No, but they when they joined together, they got together this group or whatever, and then they said, "All right, name the school." And then they liked Woodland Hills Mall so much that they named the school Woodland.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna find out after this. I'm gonna text. Please find out, out.
0: Jessica. Let me know.
1: (laughs) I probably should know, right? I don't. Um, But yeah, I went to high school there, and um, I went. To, like, kindergarten through eighth grade in Minnesota. Oh, so, really? Yeah, uh, kind of, like, split has, have split my life between, like, those two states mm-hmm. so far because I went back to grad school in Minnesota. Did you? So, yeah, so I lived there for, like, uh, seven, eight years. Whoa. And then moved back. So then back and forth. Um, when I was small, though, my mom was in college up there, so that's why we moved up there. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. we came, then we came back, and that's when I went to high school. And I was all mad because I had to go to,
2: <laughs> to Woodland. <laughs> to
1: Woodland. <laughs> you know, I mean, we lived in St. Paul, Minneapolis. And Ooh. I was, you know, one of those big high schools. And, of course, grew up from kindergarten through eighth grade. And we're all ready to go to high school, make that jump. And everyone's picking their high schools with their friends because you have to, like, apply and everything. It's all – you don't just go to, like, one school your whole life if you live in a certain area like here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of have to – uh I mean, there's several high schools in the Twin Cities, and you kind of, like, apply for um, some in your area. And there's districts and stuff, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I really don't know. I was, like, 14. um, But I was really ready to go to this one just because some of my friends were going in there, and we all applied, and we all got in. Mm -hmm. But got ripped away. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Which, I mean, it turned out all right. You know, I'm all right. But that happened. (laughs) (laughs) came back went to woodland high school and i was just like
0: was it rough coming back here and then just kind of
1: it was a i mean it was a different kind of change because i i grew up and i was like in the city Mm -hmm. you know we lived in saint paul yeah um and so it used to just like so many people i think that was the main thing and like diverse people Mm -hmm. and different cultures and that was like normal for Mm -hmm. me And then coming back here was just kind of like Mostly, you know, non-Indian people, mm-hmm. uh, non-everyone people, <laughs> say, more, more white people, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there was like, at least in like Fairfax, uh, there was a lot of like natives in there. So that was like, okay. But I really wasn't used to that because in St. Paul, I was still like maybe had a couple of other kids that were like maybe like Ojibwe or something.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But like all my friends were like, you know, white, black, Asian, Hmong. Uh, you know just all kinds of different cultures I not really like discriminate against anybody I realize that was a thing mm-hmm. you know yeah
0: <laughs> wow yeah I've never been to Minnesota I'd like to go sometime go Vikings but
1: mm-hmm. hey we're going to the Super Bowl and so I'm an avid Vikings fan <laughs> oh by yeah way. yeah okay I've been telling uh, my husband that we're going to the Super Bowl we're gonna be there Better out, be there. Out. I don't know about inside, but we're gonna be outside <laughs> that stadium.
0: <laughs> are they good this year? Yeah, we're are like they number one? I haven't really paid attention. <sighs> are they number one? Yeah. Whoa.
1: Maybe number two, but you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we have the. I think we're eight and one now.
0: Oh wow, eight and one. I know mm-hmm. Philly just lost, and they were eight. 0 so everybody was all tripping about that when they lost. That was the only thing I knew, but. That's cool. I haven't, I don't think Vikings have been that good ever. I don't want to disrespect you.
1: (laughs) Hold on here. I believe we're good every year. uh, That's strike two, but I'm leaving this place again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, I mean, there was a period in time and I remember like when I lived there, uh, I was probably like twelve mm-hmm. or something when um like I remember Chris Carter playing yes and like Randy Moss Randy Moss like that time mm-hmm. that was a time where they were really good um now we're kind of like getting back so we have like Justin Jefferson and we have like we have Kirk Cousins which I've hated but mm-hmm. like, you know quarterback uh but now I like him he's bringing us to the Super Bowl he's decent right he's decent yeah yeah <laughs> he's yeah I feel like he has like a new sense of like uh like game plan urgency mm-hmm. with our new coach this year mm-hmm. um so there's that and who else uh dalvin cook
0: oh yeah you got dalvin cook too mm mm-hmm. yeah I know jefferson's i play fantasy football, so I pay attention to that like the players really but
1: me too <laughs> do you play fantasy yeah. football i'm a I'm a sports person
0: whoa
1: i'm like uh See. I'm on three fantasy leagues right now. Are you? Yeah, and I have one um, that I'm like the commissioner.
2: For real? <laughs> it's
1: like all native, like women mm-hmm. league, like so like a lot of like girls like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, some in Tulsa, some um, from like when I went to OSU, so Stillwater. Uh, and some people I've met in Minnesota, that are like Vikings fans and stuff, and just like kind of random people I meet along the way and kind of connect over like football but they're like native mm-hmm. and they're like a woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So that's kind of cool, you know. That's dope. Finding that little group. Uh, Sometimes I have people like drop out and it's really hard to find that replacement because it's like rare.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so if you're listening and you want to join my league, you can uh, hit her up. We want to expand a 12 person league <laughs> <laughs> next year. I mean, you got eight. We got 10. 10. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'm in about three as well. Two I paid for and then one. It's kind of mess around with.
1: Yeah, it's, me too. Yeah, two paid ones and
0: uh, just like. I think that one's an experimental one, fun one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, crazy experimental one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that one's doing good though. <laughs> my paid ones are doing so good.
1: I'm in one uh, hosted by my friend Shandine and um, <clears throat> she's like, I don't know, she jacked up all the points, mm-hmm. so like if someone scores, you get, like, 50 points or something. You know, like, it's all crazy, like, off, like, set and, like, all these things that maybe... She had, like, a punter, so you had to pick a punter Mm -hmm. in your lineup each week, which I'm not used to. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, if they kick so far, you get, like, 20 points or something like that. Really? So, like, the end end score games, like, every week, everyone has, like, 250 points or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, a different way of, like, thinking about it, but you kind of have just do, like... Random stuff I don't know I'm not doing good In that league <laughs> Cause uh, we have like 16 people And so there's never Anyone on like The waiver wire Or anything Ooh, To pick yeah. up It's like really Like deep mm-hmm. So What uh,
0: app is? What apps Do you use?
1: Uh, ESPN And it's a sleeper app Sleeper app? Yeah Have you is heard that, of
0: that? No I haven't heard of that
1: Me either Until this year Is that the one year.
0: That's difficult I guess?
1: No sleeper? That one's um, Like my cousin Um host that on i can't remember it's like uh it's more kind of like stat related like oh, there's really? a lot of lot a lot of stats on there and a lot of different way like the layout so a whole different like way to like set your lineup and uh you know claim off waivers and stuff it's similar mm-hmm. but it's just it's different i could, show, so cool. I could show you before yeah. i leave <laughs> yeah
0: we'll have to compare uh rosters yeah <laughs> <laughs> who'd you draft for this round like who was I don't know who was the main person you drafted?
1: man, I was really trying to get either Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson Ooh. just because you know that's my team. yeah, but I mean, they're like top top ten, mm-hmm. if not top five in their uh, their roles. but then that one league, I just missed that start. <laughs> just like <laughs> blanked it out and <laughs> <laughs> logged on like ten minutes in and I'm like pick number 11 oh and so i have a double pick yeah you know or number 12 or something Mm -hmm. so i have like pick 12 and 13 and it's like on like pick 11 Mm -hmm. when i log in yeah so i'm like next yeah so i'm like crap like trying to figure out and then it goes (laughs) just like real fast (laughs) uh so i was able to get um at that point you know justin jefferson is gone and Mm -hmm. dalvin cook is gone all the good running backs are gone and uh, so I got Travis Kelsey, Ooh, which is, you know. That's good. Right? Yeah. Um, I can't remember who I got second, but they pretty much, they're out of my team already. They got injured. <laughs> <laughs> I blanked them out.
3: put them <laughs> on my memory.
1: <laughs> so I, didn't, I still don't have, like, a really good running back uh, on that league, but uh, I'm surviving.
3: Yeah.
0: Running backs are getting tougher and tougher to – just kind of fine now because now everybody's doing the um ti- what is it called the the time the uh, oh, timeshare,
3: huh.
0: So they have two running backs that they either do um pass it down or one runs it. Like um who does that uh the Buccaneers do that now. Well, Fournette's hurt, so I don't know how they can do it now. <laughs> um and then you got like the Bills, like you can't use Singletary because Josh Allen's. A- running back pretty much Mm -hmm. so i mean there's a lot like when i first did fantasy i was like man that's stupid (laughs) like that sounds so stupid and dumb like why would i do that Mm -hmm. and then i my friend was like man just, just just play he's like you'll like it and i said i don't even watch nfl he said you don't have to they already have like the projected points just line your people up he's like and then your points will add up he's like once you get into it man it's pretty fun and i was like all right, I'll try it. I tried it like two thousand and seventeen, I think. <laughs> and that first year, man, I got so addicted. I was listening to the fantasy footballers. <laughs> I was just like watching all these Have shows. <laughs> yeah, I was right like I was like I wasn't ready for the draft, but that next year I was like watching everybody, listening to everybody's pods or whatever and like just like yeah, looking at stats and like who's traded, who got dropped, who's a free agent, who's getting signed, all this that who tore their Achilles because they're not the same. And that next year, though, I was ready. But, <laughs> yeah. dang, I drafted Christian McCaffrey because I had the first pick.
1: then he got injured.
0: And he got injured. Mm-hmm. I
1: did the same thing. And I was
0: so mad. And then um, who else got injured? So I, I picked like two people in the first round or like the first three rounds, and they got injured. They were supposed to be really good. And they one was a hamstring, ankle. And I think one tore their ACL or something like that. And I was like, this is so – I'm so mad right now because I did all this prep work, and now everybody's hurt. So I just had to, yeah, I just had to stay strong, get on that waiver wire. So well, you then... really got to dig,
1: dig in there, huh? You're just reading all these nobodies, yeah, <laughs> trying to yeah. get a sleeper. <laughs> That's fun though, too, you it know, because fun. if you you do, you know, end up saying like, all right, I think this guy can uh, have some potential, mm-hmm. and you get him, and you're like happy, and when he really does like, you know, produce t- for you. So I remember
0: last year it was uh, James Robinson, I yeah. think. Yeah, he was the one that somebody drafted him and they dropped him. Everybody's dropping him because he wasn't getting the proper work. And so um, I think I picked him up because I really needed a running back. And then that week I picked him up. Man, he hit. And he kept hitting every week. And everybody was like, oh, this guy's a sleeper of the year. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I got a sleeper.
2: <laughs> yeah, success. <laughs>
0: but it's very addicting like this year. I don't know. It's kind of like I'm kind of there and I'm kind of not just -hmm. because like I'm trying to balance everything that's going on and I forget to set my lineup sometimes, or I just have not had the time to like listen to the fantasy footballers like I used to. Yeah. So coming into this season, I was like, man, I don't know really much about anything. And I picked up, some of the names from last year, like Devontae Adams <laughs> with oh. the Raiders. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, I picked up Fournette. He did okay for the first part of the year. Now he's kind of just slowing down, I guess. Mm-hmm. I got Tom Brady in one, and, dude, that he's was a mistake. flopping. He is flopping.
1: I've had Tom Brady in one of my teams every year since I've played, and uh-huh. he's never disappointed me. So this year, This year, he's just
0: not the same. Not
1: the same.
0: Nope. I think he just needs to retire. Mm-hmm. I think well, he
1: did, and then he came back. But
0: I think he's just missing Gronk. <laughs> Gronk last year was amazing. Somebody dropped him, and I picked him up, and he was amazing throughout the second half of the
1: somebody year. Somebody dropped him. Oh, he was like the yeah, first part of forgot. the year.
0: I think they were just kind of feeling everything out, and then, um, and then everybody everybody's dropping him because he wasn't doing anything, and they're like, "Oh, he's old and all mm-hmm. this." And I I needed somebody, so I picked him up and. Like a couple of weeks later, I was about to drop him, and I was like, "If you don't do good, Gronk, this game, I'm dropping you." <laughs> and he he, I think he had to get like 15 points or something. I was like, "All right, I think you're good enough to keep." So <laughs> I kept him. It's a good. Production. Oh my god! Yeah, 15. But yeah, he's uh. But fantasy football. Anybody hit us up if you want to play. It's really fun. I keep telling people it's a good little <laughs> hobby. It's a good little thing to get into. It'll keep your mind occupied if you really don't have, like, if you're stuck at work, then you can just listen to this stuff and, like, set your lineups and everything. So, but.
1: And you can get, like, a little weekly prediction on your podcast going.
0: I know. <laughs> when I, like, when I had this going, like, last year and I was really into fantasy, I was like, it'd be really cool to do, like, a fantasy like podcast, yeah,
1: just like a just run, get on rundown, yeah. weekly rundown. Just what
0: we're doing now, yeah. just talking about players and stuff, and like. But I was like, nobody, nobody <laughs> wants to that? come on and talk because they're scared. <laughs>
1: Who's gonna listen? Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I asked a few people, I was like, man, would you guys want to come on and like you know talk about fantasy? Just mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like in depth. Just we'll just talk about it. Like we'll talk about what we have and what we know and stuff, and I don't know. Well, I'll come you, back on. Are you A recording? Dedicated
1: episode for <laughs> fantasy football. I'm all all about that.
0: <laughs> if you know two other people, man, we should all link up and do this. Right. I, I'd be down to reach out
1: to my team or my league. Two
0: other people that want to talk <laughs> that aren't afraid of the record button. <laughs> I know people are like. I don't know. I might say something dumb. I was like, who cares? I, I like, don't
1: like hearing my voice. <laughs> that too. I was like, I don't either. I don't either. I uh-huh. hate my voice. <laughs> I don't even want to listen to this episode when it comes out. I'm gonna say here you can you can listen to it. But no, I'm not.
0: <laughs> did you do a lot of sports at Woodland?
1: Uh I I pretty much played everything just because that was like the only thing to do, I think. <laughs> so yeah, I did I ran track and cross country. I played basketball and slow pitch and fast pitch uh, softball, and uh, well before that, I didn't play any sports. Like in in Mini Minnesota, mm-hmm. I played soccer. Oh really? So that was like my my sport up there from when I was like a little kid to like eighth grade. So I played nothing but soccer. I played year round. That was like my favorite sport. And then moved back down to Oklahoma, and then I have soccer. Yeah. <laughs> down. Well, they didn't have it at Woodland. Mm-hmm. I think they have it in like the uh, Tulsa schools, mm-hmm. I think. But um, yeah, so I was like, well, well, that sucks, you know? But I was already just like mad anyway because <laughs> just like not, you know, where I wanted to be, you know, I'm, like 14, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the the sports there, um, it was fun, you know, because like you said, there's not really anything to do there. So, like, when you played softball or basketball, you had, like, games two days a week, like, Tuesday, Thursdays. And so you got to travel around these little schools and play and mm-hmm. get the ride on the bus with your friends. And um, we weren't very good, but it was fun. <laughs> 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 I, I guess, well, I was on the basketball team. They were pretty good uh, when I was a freshman or something. But, I mean, that was the first time I ever played basketball in life, so I was just kind of Oh, really? Kind of there, you know. Yeah. So I just, uh, I played every sport because of my, my friend, she was on every sport. And I just wanted to like hang out with her. So she's like, come play with us. And I was like, okay. So I just like joined the team and mm-hmm. we don't have no tryouts at that small of a school. So I was just on it. Mm-hmm. I was athletic enough, I guess, to, to not be like hurting myself all the time. Um, but I, I did, you know, end up having some injuries, uh, junior and senior year, which, which sucked because I was actually good at track mm-hmm. and I was, um, well, like them state track uh, championship and all that stuff, but I like hurt my knee. Oh, really? So, <laughs> so I do have a state uh, gold medal and um, the 800 meter relay. Whoa. So that's cool mm-hmm. on the relay team.
0: 800, that's a, uh, is it halfway? Or is it like?
1: Well, it's a two mile relay. So oh, is it a two mile yeah, relay? Yeah, so uh, okay. we, did, we ran, each ran an 800. So I had to be really good at the 800 Dang. and I wasn't like the best, but mm-hmm. uh, I was good enough to be on the relay team. Mm-hmm. Cause we had, uh, we had three really fast girls on there <clears throat> who were like first place in every other thing, like the 400, 800 mile run, two mile. So I was always trying to like keep up with them, but mm-hmm. at least I was like in that fourth spot <laughs> on our team and everything. Mm-hmm. So I was able to train with them and make my time a little bit better. Um, Like, my, like, my best time was, like, 230 on the 800, which is good. Mm -hmm. But those girls would be running, like, you know, 216, 226, 230. Uh, And they won state, you know, for a second third. So it's kind of – it was cool. I didn't realize I was fast until I would get out (laughs) to the other uh, schools, you know, and they're, like, top runners running a three-minute two-lap 800 whoa so i'm like oh i guess i am pretty <laughs> i was just i didn't realize i was with these elite <laughs> people who yeah are like state record people so that was cool yeah i like that um and then you know like cross country too they were all like the the winners of the state and uh, we we did pretty good as a team uh, we had a really great coach uh paula martinez she was really great mm-hmm. with us and uh she was a track star herself when she was younger so it was uh Cool to learn from her And be athletic at that time Yeah, I know <laughs> Highlight of my life In the athletic system <laughs> I mean, I try to run now uh, But it's, you know, not anything like that
2: No,
0: <laughs>
1: I'll never be able to be that fast again
0: It's crazy when you're Like I mean, we're not even old <laughs> But you know, like like, you look back, and it's like, damn, like, I was really, like, doing this stuff that they were putting us through. Like yeah. Like, all these practices and running hard and all these exercises and stuff, and it's like, you look back at it, it's like, dude, I actually did all that stuff that they made us do in these, whatever it is, like, football, track, uh wrestling, everything you were in, like, basketball and stuff, like, suicides and everything, mm-hmm. and you think, like, now it's like, God, like... Amen. I
2: know,
0: like, <laughs> If I were to be yelled at now and made, like, to do that stuff, could I make it? No. I couldn't, <laughs> I
1: couldn't make it.
0: <laughs> I would pass probably out. I knew probably. about five
1: suicides and <laughs> about it. We'd be, like, doing 30, you know? Oh,
0: I know.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I had, like, problems with my back. Like, I pulled a muscle back there, like, yeah. lifting something, Ugh. like, I don't know, like, five years ago, five, six years ago. Ever since then. That same muscle just likes to be like
2: mm.
1: pulling. If I'm not like you know bracing myself or mm-hmm. being careful enough, and so I have to be really careful, you know, lift with your legs and not with your back. And uh that's really those muscles are probably just like weaker. You know, yeah. <laughs> you have to be uh, active, and active, and in shape. So you yeah. need to do some more of that. <laughs> I
0: know. I always say that too. I'm gonna be like, I want to do yoga. I never do. It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We should do uh, Do you know Mark Wilson? He's a yoga instructor He's a native guy Here in Tulsa That
0: sounds familiar I have to look him up I might know him I don't know Mark Wilson I'll hit him up Does he have like a Studio around here?
1: I don't remember Um, He might But it's somewhere He teaches some classes Um,
0: Have you gone to one? Mm -mm. No
1: He like has I, I forget like when they are But I don't I don't go that way that early. (laughs) (laughs) Or that late. You know, this yoga class are like five AM, six AM. I could I guess, but uh not with my little son. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot to ask of me. Getting up at four AM, going to a yoga session and then I know it's gonna be hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's. I'm gonna be sweating my ass but off. For the people that
1: do that, congratulations, congratulations. to you, man. Like you're doing it. I don't know how you <laughs> do
0: that. I have to sleep in.
1: <laughs> I I don't ever sleep, so <laughs> I, c- I guess I could just get up and go. I, actually, yeah.
0: I go to sleep late, so and then it makes me sleep till like nine or ten. So I always I always go sleep around two or three. I'm always just working on stuff, trying to get stuff done. But yeah. I have to get up, up. Dang, I gotta get up in an hour <laughs> Go bed at three <laughs> I gotta go do yoga
1: <laughs> Yeah I've been having like uh, Insomnia some nights And be off and on But my my uh, son He's three He's he's in that Like period Where he wants to Sleep next to me mm-hmm. He has to be right Like next to me Like touching me mm-hmm. So <laughs> So I have to sleep When he sleeps You know he sleeps Goes to bed like eight 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 thirty nine so that's when I go to bed, mm. um, I'll try to sneak out after he's asleep and <laughs> <laughs> he'll wake up like 30 minutes later, like, where are you at? I <laughs> just to come back. Nice. Sometimes, most times I just go to sleep, you know, just whatever. Then, But then I'm awake like at 3.30, 4.30, 5.30. And so I just uh, do emails at that time. And, uh, so sorry, people get emails from me about 4.30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> or 5.00. Um, that's the time that I have, you know, available to yeah. do that kind of stuff. Just like some focused, quiet time. No one's talking to me, um, not doing work or in studio. And so then in my daytime hours are focused more on creating mm-hmm. and doing stuff like that or coming here and, you know, meeting with people.
0: Mm-hmm. When did you graduate? When? Yeah.
1: Um, well, I, let's see, I so I got three degrees, all right? Um, I went to Oklahoma State University and got a degree in landscape architecture. Mm-hmm. That was in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Um,
0: did you go to? Did you go there right after college, or did you take a little break?
1: Uh, right. Yeah, you know, right there, right after. Um, but that, my little path to to that little degree <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, took longer than I expected because I jumped around majors and all that. Um, but then I went and got my master's right for that because that was the period of time of the recession and so there wasn't any jobs so you know I graduated from osu um, I was going to be a landscape architect you know that was my degree and uh still love it I love designing love designing anything I guess and all these avenues there's different types mm-hmm. of way for you, uh, to design things but you still have that core kind of mm-hmm. Mine set of like you know concepts and you you know start with concepts and you you know do the forms and then you have the final product and in any of those design avenues but um that didn't work out so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no jobs at uh at that time. my whole class they kind of just went either went to grad school or um ended up like you know moving way out of state or out of the country get a job or Um, Started working um, other other places because a lot of people were getting laid off that time, so we couldn't even get internships Mm -hmm. um, because the people that were in like these entry level jobs, landscape architects, were getting laid off, and so they were kind of taking all these internships. So it was kind of like a little snowball affecting everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. But so I went to grad school, um, and I got into graphic design. uh, I applied to the It's like a design program at the University of Minnesota. Um, And they have, like, specialized uh, discipline, like, tracks, I guess, and I went into graphic design. And so then I got my master's, and that rolled into a Ph.D. in design. So I finished all that um, officially in uh, 2021. Oh,
2: wow. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It was long. took a long time, but, uh, I did it. Um, I got my master's, I think in 2014. So then, uh, it took me almost about seven years to get that PhD. And it wasn't anything like it was hard. It was just like, I took a break and that break turned into three years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I'm like, crap, I got like, I got to finish this up. Um, and then I had my son too. So he was part of that. And, my mind kind of went weird when I was pregnant like my brain chemistry Mm -hmm. and so like it was really hard for me to focus on a lot of things so I thought I was going to be able to just like write during that time when I was like pregnant Mm -hmm. and uh just like crank out that dissertation I couldn't even like comprehend what I was like writing like a paragraph and I would just like Mm -hmm. rewrite rewrite the whole thing it'd take me all day to just do a paragraph so it was really hard And before then you know I would write pages like in a day just like with that amount of time focused in on it because I wasn't working I was just a student mm-hmm. um so yeah and so I just kind of took a break and then uh you know people are just like you'll be better when when uh your son comes and then he's a baby he'll just like lay there and you can work and no <laughs> that doesn't happen <laughs> not uh, not my son my son has to be held. He has to. He has to be looking at him. Uh, even now, even <laughs> to this day, I'm trying to work at home on my computer. He has to come over and be in my lap and be touching it too. <laughs> I set it down and he's not interested. He goes over there. But yeah, he's funny. So yeah, I finally just had to like sit down and um, once he was in like daycare or his school um, when he was almost two years old. I was able to sit back down and kind of finish that mm-hmm. and uh, present it, defend, do the final oral exam and all that stuff. And that was during the pandemic, too. So I had to do it virtually, mm-hmm. which was cool. I didn't have to go back up to Minnesota.
0: True. Very true. And then, dang, so you went from landscape architect? Is that what you said? Yeah, Landscape architecture, architecture mm-hmm. to... I mean, yeah, it's the same, like, designing a lot of stuff, you know, so, uh, but it's such a change from, you know, I guess, like, I would consider that, like, golf courses, right? Would that, that be? part of it, yeah. Or, I don't truly know, like... Well,
1: you know how, like... Um like art is right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like painting and there's like sculpture mm-hmm. and there's all these different categories. Mm-hmm. It's the same with that. Like landscape architecture is basically anything outside. Mm-hmm. So you design parking lots, sidewalks, streets. You can work with civil engineers to do like whole city plans. Uh, you could do, um, pool, pool designs. We really specialized in like outdoor backyard designs mm-hmm. or like mansions, you know, and, uh, entertainment spaces, um, it also gets into like the science of everything. So you're, you know, cutting into the earth and so you have to know all like the soil science and really? the area that you're specializing in. So you have to be certified in the state, licensed in the state that you practice in because you have to know all the, the stuff that, you know, does affect structures and anything that you're building. So, uh, and if you are doing an outside design, like outside of a hotel, for example, mm-hmm. You want to make sure that conforms to all the building codes and, um, your sidewalks that you're designing and putting into your plan has to be a certain width and that changes by state. So Mm -hmm. you have to like know all that stuff. And if you're doing like a garden design is another like garden design, you can get into plants. It's like being like a specialist in like plant design, Mm -hmm. um, which you're again, like really knowing the plants of the area and what's gonna, uh, be something good to plant in the space that you're designing for like especially if people are going to be able to maintain it or not so if you know you have to hire someone to come prune your plants every week or if you, if that's something you do yourself then you can have that more of a complex variety mm-hmm. of like plants in your design or um if you're like someone like me you don't garden or (laughs) you try to (laughs) I want something that's going to (laughs) live a little low maintenance it's going to live I can like trim up a little bit um so you know as a as a designer landscape designer um an architect you kind of have all that knowledge and you might work with like people that specialize in plant design to make sure that your plants are going to be low maintenance for this museum over here whatever you know Mm -hmm. um so it's a it's It's cool. I design like golf courses, not like for real life, but class projects and stuff like that. Um, just like outside spaces in general, Mm -hmm. just kind of learning how it functions and how people, um, move through spaces outside. Mm
0: -hmm. So So are you, your own, if, if you are you your own, uh, I know you don't do it, but would you be your own like company or would you work with like, or would you work for the city maybe? Or does it kinda... Well, there's
1: kind of like firms, I guess. Oh, firms? Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's firms. Like if you wanted to like put a, like a garden or like pool design, deck design, something in your backyard, mm-hmm. uh, you could hire a landscape architect, like when they're usually part of a firm. And then, so their marketing person will come and like, meet with you, whatever, like this is what we can do with your budget. <laughs> mm. Um, then an architect will come, which is part of that firm and kinda like, you know, look, you know, there's a whole team involved in that process. And there's small firms, large firms, just like, you know, any type of like marketing firm, you know, you kinda have small and specialized areas and then like larger corporations.
2: Mm. Whoa. Yeah. And that's just like architecture too. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: some of those firms have architects and landscape architects, so they mm-hmm. kind of just do everything, you know? hmm So. Wow. But that's not me. <laughs> 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 I did, you know, I always say I'd, I'd return to it one day and mm-hmm. I was actually involved in a project here in Tulsa, uh, this past year with, um, uh, international sites of Conscious where we were able to like propose um uh indigenous art in in Tulsa mm-hmm. like anything and so i w- i proposed like a landscape design for uh one of these like park open area parks so um we're still trying to follow up on that and hopefully might be in one of these spaces cuz i was talking with people from uh Dreamkeepers Park and Gilcrease Museum because, you know, you're, they're rebuilding that whole thing over there. So mm. it might be in one of in Philbrook might be in one of those spaces when they will have a little design. <laughs> and it was kind of like a little outdoor gathering area, oh. you know, because I feel like that's missing mm-hmm. in Tulsa. Uh, you know, we do have Dreamkeepers Park now, which is that big open space. Uh, we don't really have anything. We don't have like a American Indian Center or, or anything like that. Or and we do have art placed around in various little places but no one knows about it and so um you know just you know there's four artists and we kind of just thought about like how we can you know change that and like make something that would i guess have be a place for native people to go
2: Mm -hmm. so that's a good idea yeah you know Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i'd like to see that happen i mean um like a little hangout i guess right
1: yeah, that was my, my plan. So yeah. I had like, I had that, um, like overhead art, like, uh, I don't want to say arbor space. Cause it's not like all sacred. Gonna- <laughs> 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 That's what it reminds me of, yeah. you know, like Grey horse Arbor out there. I don't I have an arbor here, but, um, it had like, you know, it provides shade, but it had like cutouts in it. So like I would design different, um, cutouts that would be, uh. Overhead, So when the sun shines, they project like shadows on the grass and stuff like that. And on the surrounding structures. And I did have a plant design that was uh, cutting kind of uh, four directions around that circular space. And in those little areas, I called like little module pods, like art pods. Mm -hmm. There's like little like uh, benches and areas about 10 feet wide that you can like just you know, go hang out in, and there's, like, multiple of them, and then each one of those little pods has, like, art in it, Um, so you'd hire a commission a Tulsa artist to uh, design that little space however they wanted to, Mm -hmm. and that goes all all the way down to, like, the floor design, bench design, walls, if you want walls, or even just, like, you know, containing this, like, area and putting your art on the walls or, you know, something like that, but Mm I think that would be really cool and give an opportunity for more artists to be in that space, not me just designing the whole thing, Mm -hmm. um, but setting up the opportunity to be more inclusive and educate the public because this would be open to the public, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That anyone can come on the lunch, you know, we can meet there and I don't know about having a podcast out there, it has to be quiet, but... (laughs) Um' talk about fantasy uh have lunch um but also a space where you can bring kids you know and and like school programs and be able to see art contemporary art in these spaces and and learn about them so it could be words and texts included in these spaces um and then the fe- some of the feedback that I got because we had to you know present it over at a uh, that mansion over at Woodward Park. <laughs> we presented it there, our concepts, and we had little models and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the feedback there was like, you know, maybe involve kids more. So having a little bit more like structures to play on, mm-hmm. but also like you know educate. So I, w- you know, I would add a little bit more of like those opportunities. At least like just like little climbing areas because I think that um, engages kids. With the, you know, not like just putting a playground out there, but just, you know, some little things. Because um, kids will climb on anything. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I guess they're interested in more like sensory type areas. So, like, um, if someone was like blind, oh, okay. mm-hmm. they would be able to come in and like, you know, push something and it'll kind of like describe the space um, for the artists mm-hmm. and, uh, they might be able to like, feel like a design Oops. feel, you know, <laughs> just feel this mic, um, feel this, uh, you know, art that you can't see. Mm-hmm. And then, um, someone else was, yeah, you know, just like stuff like that. So thinking beyond the scope of just like visual visuals there.
2: Wow. So. So that's it's, awesome. it's
1: cool. Yeah. I hope that happens. That would be really cool. Um, cool project to see to fruition. <laughs> yeah.
0: So when they told you that, did you have to go back and like, um, re or design some new, what they were talking about then?
1: Uh, those are the next steps. Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, the way we were set up is like, we we're part of that program cause they kind of, uh, they paid us to develop these concepts Mm-hmm. And so now we're kind of waiting for, like, the next steps. So we haven't had that conversation yet. So ideally, I would sit down with these people that are interested in actually making this happen, which, um, you know, had, like, three different areas that were interested. And then just making sure, like, okay, is this going to be, is this going to work in that space? What do we need to do to alter it? What would you like to see altered? Because then they be just, they become the client, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you just kind of work with them to kind of not alter your art in a way where it's not yours anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, make sure that it meets their needs and the needs of that, that space. So we'll see. That conversation is yet to come. So
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll come. That's a really great idea. And I'd love to go over there and hang out yeah and just chill and look at everything you got going on over there and the different artists that get to present their works i guess Mm -hmm. that you pick are you picking them or them or Mm,
1: it could be open process yeah i said even it can be like kids you know too Mm -hmm. and it can be anything it doesn't have to be artists could be rotating Mm -hmm. it can be seasonal Mm -hmm. you know there's like a lot of opportunities for that um the other, the other artists, uh, was Alex, uh, and, um, June, uh, Camille, well, that's her Instagram name, <laughs> <laughs> Carpenter, uh, and, uh, Lisa Harkins. And so, you know, those three all had different, uh, proposals as well. And so and they're all different, mm. you know, more like arty, um, uh, sculpture from June and Alex had like a like kind of like a virtual reality uh sort of like um database cool. kind of thing
3: so mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> hers is re- really cool and that would be cool and it would it's kind of like more um to do with like mapping in in Tulsa oh really and like indigenous art and stuff cool. Hmm. and then Elisa had uh she was kind of de- deconstructing the history of Woodward Park um because it it uh was originally Muskogee land, mm-hmm. I believe, and so she wanted to like make a garden there that like educates about that space and that land nice, yeah, so I hope nice. that comes yeah. to real life, too,
0: yeah, I'd love to see all that, you know, and it's it's great the city wants to um help build these type of um are they, are they helping or are they doing it? Or It's a collaboration, I guess, is what.
1: We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. <laughs> well, I think. So, you know, we had funding for those proposals. Uh-huh. And then the next step from that, that group we're involved in is that they would reach out for funding to mm-hmm. like, keep these projects going and. Uh, be redeveloped and stuff and then put it on exhibit again for more people because that was just like a one night thing where we presented Mm -hmm. Um, and then we had our little models in that space uh, for like a couple weeks like had an exhibit of them but then they're you know they're gone now and so like the idea would just be because we all you know got feedback from uh, the people that were there when we presented Mm -hmm. and a lot of people were um, part of like the museums and like the art um, community here, and so like I think, if a museum like Philbrook or Gilcrease has funding for that type of stuff, and they want to expand the what they have on their like little campuses, then you know they're they can do that, you know, because they have funding from wherever they get their funding from. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how I understand it. It would be working like with them more more so as like a client. Not not like city of Tulsa.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see that happen. I believe it will happen. I mean, because a lot of, lot of great people are involved in it. So, yeah. I mean, why not? You know? Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show, you know, there's so much talent here. And, I mean, it's just booming. You know, I mean.
1: the That was landscape architecture, yeah. my opportunity. <laughs> I was like, how would I get on that? Yeah, um, that was
0: your, that was your, uh, and you said that just happened. Yeah, that just happened. So, yeah.
1: you know they, you know we were brought in as indigenous artists, and then they kind of opened up the scope where we can propose anything. Mm-hmm. And I was just like anything, you know, like are you sure? And so I, I wanted to like do this landscape design, yeah. and I did, you know, so it was cool.
0: That's pretty cool, you know, like you, 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 you wanted to do landscape um, architecture, and then you kind of. Like you said earlier, you know, it's not really you didn't really find a way into it, I guess. But now, you know, opportunity came and for you to dive in there or get your feet wet, if that's the right term, Mm -hmm. you know, like and you did it, you know, boom, because you have a background in it Mm -hmm. and you took classes and everything for it. And so, I mean, it just happens like it just happens like that. Like there's no like. Reason for it, like mm-hmm. it just presents itself to you, and it's like, oh, whoa, let me, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's amazing how like life works.
3: That's
1: how my life has been so yeah. far, <laughs> like all these things, even <laughs> you know, like uh, you know, like graphic design, fashion, all this stuff. Like, I ain't mean, playing on it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: When did you figure out you wanted to like be a fashion designer?
1: I I didn't. I just am somehow Uh (laughs) (laughs) For real (laughs) Well so I'll backtrack a little bit So graphic design um, I actually was really And this is a sad story Um, I was trying to like figure out My major you know before I went over To landscape architecture when I was like a freshman Mm -hmm. At at OSU And um I, I was smart Um but I also loved art and I was interesting in like engineering and all that stuff. Um, started out in architecture, just regular architecture. Um, didn't like that environment. Uh, I was good at it. Um, uh, but I wanted to do something different. Um, and so I started, I went over to the art college and was trying to, you know, see what type of degrees they have over there. And I was reading about graphic design and I was just like, oh, that seems really like interesting. You know, I didn't really know anything about it. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like something that I would enjoy. And so I went over there and I was like talking to the oh, well, it's like a counselor, advisor, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they basically told me that I wasn't good enough. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just like, okay, all right, see you later, you know. Whoa. Um you know, I was like 18, Mm -hmm. uh, before I really found my way into like leadership and being able to like, you know, speak, uh, my mind or whatever. And so, you know, I'm, I'm like going there and just trying to find more information. Basically. Mm -hmm. I just want a brochure, (laughs) hand me a a booklet. Uh, (laughs) and, um, she just like, just kind of, you know, you know, as a native person you get that all the time sometimes like you can feel that racism mm-hmm. kind of emanate from somebody and it's just the way they look at you yeah you know and they kind of just like oh what do you want you know just <laughs> yeah i'm like well i'm you know trying to be nice and she's just like literally just like oh, it's really competitive that program you have to apply to get in mm-hmm. i'm like okay you know well where's the paperwork I'm interested like can I apply to be interested you know know, what do I do and she just kept repeating like it's really competitive like I don't know if you want to like do that and it just kind of like it it put me off you know and yeah I was just like oh I guess I can't then (laughs) I don't I guess this is not meant to be and so it's funny now that I'm doing graphic design and I think I'm good at it um but I, you know, I could have started way back then, you know, mm-hmm. when I was like 18. Um, and so I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm not, I'm out of here. So I got out of there, never came, came back. Um, some of my friends were in the same boat there. I mean, they're exploring major majors from like the architecture program. Mm-hmm. And then they're all saying like, we're going to go check out the landscape architecture program because it's a little bit more laid back. And so I went over there too. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. So I, that's what we did. Um, I did take some like engineering classes too. Cause I was like, oh, I want to be a, like a mechanical engineer, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that wasn't for me. <laughs> was a lot of, uh, a lot of thinking. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I had to take like physics and chemistry and all that stuff. Ooh. Um, and I, I, I understood it mm-hmm. I could do it. I, I just couldn't do it in like the time constraints that they gave us, you know, that's a whole other thing. But testing but yeah um so i abandoned that dream <laughs> 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 real fast <laughs> and got out of there uh and then so then when you know when i was looking for something to do for master's program mm-hmm. uh, my mind just kept going back to um, graphic design because it, it's kind of like up and coming at this point you know um but, you know especially now today like it's Kind of like everywhere, but you know, at that time they just kind of created this program at the University of Minnesota, which it was like um, expanding into a PhD program. Um, and then they just had really cool classes. I was like, oh, that sounds cool. You know, like interactive design, game design, product design, toy design, like all these different kind of like you know, uh, digital type things that I was interested in, like ergonomics even. Mm -hmm. um human factors uh they had like 3d printing printer there that's free for students you know all this you know this like workshop place like laser printers all that stuff Mm -hmm. um so i was like yeah that's my jam um and i was looking at minnesota because that's where i used to live uh, my parents have a house up there so i was just gonna go live up there and go to grad school and that's what i did you know and um found out I really loved like graphic design and learning how to design in a different way. And that kind of, uh, turned into a PhD, um, didn't plan on a PhD. I, uh, did work for my thesis, uh, with my master's with Osage nation with the, um, orthography Mm -hmm. there. Like, so working with the immersion school and like, um, the design to typeface, For them to use, and for you know anyone to use, and um, that was really the the time where um, Osage language is really kind of getting into uh, getting their language into Unicode, which is um, being recognized internationally, and so they can have the language in computers and stuff like you know Cherokee is, and stuff like you know Cherokee language is the leader. Mm -hmm. and all that stuff so all that is just like brand new for osage nation Um, and i was working with that and so my committee my my advisor and my mentors there on faculty said you can like really easily turn this into a phd and it's like would be really meaningful for your community and be something really cutting edge and so i was like okay you know (laughs) and um And I, you know, I did, I, you know, I ended up designing materials for, uh, these little kids to use and adults, um, that have never been used before, never been created. Um, because, you know, if you walk into these language classrooms here that are teaching English, you know, you have ABCs everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. On the walls, you have toys that are magnets, little ABCs, and, you know, that's how you learn the English language. Mm -hmm. When you walk into a language classroom over at Osage Nation, they don't have any of that, you know? And so it's like, what can I do to create something for them to use that would help with learning the Osage language? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I did um with my my doctor, doctor at work. And then uh then took a little break. <laughs> <laughs> Had a kid. <laughs> Pandemic hit. <laughs> oh yeah. You know. <laughs> All these things. Um, And, you know, I already did my observations, and you know, I designed the stuff, observation, interviews, all that stuff. And then all that happened. So I had to kind of return and, like, pretty much write my last chapter and then turn it in. So that's why it took me an extra, like, four years to do that because it's just life, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, I hate to hear that. That lady scared you off like that. That's so... (laughs) It's traumatizing It is It is I mean To hear it I mean it's so Sad you know Because Mm -hmm. I mean They just count you out already Like What year was that?
2: Uh
1: Like 2004
0: 2004? Yeah Whoa Well do you think Five? Was was it like Like was Oh no it was probably like, like 2005 Yeah 2005. It wasn't like it is now, though. Was it still just up and coming, like graphic design, really? Because you were getting, like, Apple computers and the technology was moving yeah, up.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, I don't it's know. It like, kind of new.
0: Yeah. It was still kind of new. And
1: I didn't have any example work in it or anything. I just wanted to learn it, yeah. you know? And so I think you have to have a portfolio to, like, apply and stuff.
0: Was Photoshop still? Was Photoshop back then, too? Yeah. Really? I think
1: it was just... Um, Version two. <laughs> really? <laughs> because we learned uh, Photoshop in my landscape class. Mm-hmm. Landscape design class. One of the classes we learned how to like set up our plans in Photoshop. Wasn't a whole extensive part of the program, but Yeah. Um, so we did have Photoshop during that time.
0: <laughs> <Whoa>. Was it
1: <laughs> an AutoCAD we AutoCAD and stuff?
0: So I never messed with Photoshop till like I'd say two thousand nine. How different was it? back then like, I was like a dinosaur I guess,
1: <laughs> like to
0: now i guess like is there is it is it so much is it better is it i mean let me know just how much it, it has changed because you bringing up photoshop back then and that lady being all some kind of way i was trying to go get around to like maybe maybe it was you know oh maybe it was a good thing I mean, maybe because you once again, it fell into your lap, mm-hmm. you know, it it presented itself to you and it was still in your brain to to go further more into that and then get a PhD in it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how cool is that to say that you got your PhD in that mm-hmm. and yeah. we could go find that lady and rub her in her face?
1: I know. I don't even remember what she looked like or anything. <laughs> I just was like. Can feel her hate. Yeah. Her hate. (laughs) You know, that's what you remember from those kind of experiences. Yeah. You just like, you just remember the way you felt.
2: Yep. (laughs)
1: Unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, like, so fashion has been something I've been doing now, um, since last year, I guess. Um, and it's not like I like wanted to, (laughs) (laughs) didn't like set my side out for it. Um, but, you know, I've done T-shirt design and all that stuff uh, for other people. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, did my first T-shirt design, which was, like, indigenous empowered woman mm-hmm. design you've seen probably. And, you know, that really stuck. And it's still uh, one of my items that I sell a lot of because um, we're all indigenous power women. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, I was asked—actually, step back. My sister— Erica, I don't know if you know Erica, mm-hmm. um, Erica Moore. Oh, Erica Kozad Now she just got married. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> uh, Erica. Um, she, she's a design. She's like a graphic designer too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, someone reached out to her for the, uh, when the first Americans museum opened last, last year, they reached reached out to her was asking her if she wanted to be part of the fashion show and she was like yeah you know because she's a model right Mm -hmm. so she thought they're asking her to model so she's just like yeah I can be a part of it um but turns out like they they thought she was me and they thought I was a fashion designer and they were wanting me to be a featured designer Mm -hmm. in that opening grand opening And so she was like, she figured that out once they started talking about like logistics. She was like, wait, wait, wait! (laughs) I think you're wanting to talk to my sister. Like she, you know, produces these stuff. She makes jewelry. At that time I was really into my jewelry is the the main thing I was doing at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were having jewelry designers featured and fashion designers featured in that show. And so I was like, oh, they must still want me to do my, my jewelry like featured on there. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then I had a call with them. And they're like, no, we want you to be a fashion designer. <laughs> I was just like, uh, well, I've got t-shirts, you know, you're like, oh, that's fine. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to, you know, address some models in my t-shirts, I guess, and put my jewelry on them. And I was like, no, 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 we can't have that. So, um, so I ended up printing fabric and then making that fabric into, um, different skirts, you know, with the help of Marley, uh, fixie go hardison have no hard designs, little plug there. Um, and Jasmine Fitzaxith um, of Ribbon Roots, who does ribbon skirts. So I kind of commissioned them to, to help me create my visions mm-hmm. <laughs> that I had to pair with these jewelry that I specifically designed for these looks. And so that's kind of how where I started. Um, so I had these ribbon skirts designed in this fabric that I designed, um, put on models. Um, paired them with uh, clothing that I had designed and um, jewelry. So like, you know, necklace sets that I um, I designed metal work and then um, earrings. And so I had 12 models in that show and it turned out really great, like better than I have ever, you know, could imagine because I'm I wasn't a fashion designer. Um, and then I was asked back uh, three months later to because it was such a like a hit with the people they liked it Mm -hmm. It as different um so I was asked back to do um another show for the winter market um and be the only designer at that market so I was like oh dang I'm moved up to headliner (laughs) (laughs) you know because you know that first show there was uh probably like six different designers oh yeah um that were paired with jewelry artists and uh Me, I was, like, both, so I wasn't paired. But so then I, you know, had my own show, like, three months later. And then so then I kind of just had just basic observation in that experience to, like, really kind of curate what I wanted to do and um, create some new looks and create some new jewelry. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just took off from there. And, you know, people sold out of everything. Um while well, my jewelry sold out that night, um, the skirts, like, you know, everything that I created was like gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was, became a thing that was in demand. So I started creating more of this stuff. Um, and then, let's see, then I was asked to do another fashion show um, in June. And that was at Teton Fashion Summit, mm-hmm. RIP. But, uh, well, they're, they're, um, they're Delaware now, right? Yeah. 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 I was going to
0: say, somebody has them, but I'm going to get it wrong. It was Delaware. Yeah. And
1: there's RIP and then they're risen again. (laughs) 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 Kudos to them. Uh, yeah, they had a fashion show summit and I was one of the featured designers there. And so I had another show, um, kind of changed it. And by this time kind of shifting like seasons, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do like a summer collection, you know? It's, that's what they call these collections. And uh, then I was asked to do another show, you know, just kind of like kept spiraling, you know, not spiraling, but leading to um, more opportunities. Just did one um, uh, October. That was that last month, right? Yeah, last mm-hmm. month. Uh, yeah, a month ago. Uh, I did one down at Choctaw, Choctaw Nation for the Five Tribes Conference. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went down there and. Um, was one of two designers being featured. The other one was Choctaw. Um, and that was a really cool experience because I was able to again like curate my own show and work with that staff to really make sure all my me- needs were met mm-hmm. um, like financially and then like, you know, space wise, uh, music, you know, it's it's a whole thing, you know, preparing for these shows. Mm-hmm. And um having the time to do it too. So I did that. So I've done four shows in the past year. Wow. <laughs> so now I'm a fashion designer. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> when was that first fashion show?
1: Uh, last December.
0: Was it really? Mm-hmm. And then that's when it really just started kind of taking off. Yeah. I feel like it's been going on for a while. I know. Right. Like, uh, like three or four years you've been a designer, like a fashion designer.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess it was last September. So a little bit over a year. Mm hmm. Uh, and so I'm doing another show in April, um, possibly two in April, been asked, I committed to one. I don't know exactly the dates, um, that will be down in uh, Durant again. It's part of the, I think the, oh gosh, what is it? Southern tribal health board conference, Mm -hmm. national conference Mm -hmm. down there. Um, and Danielle Campbell, she's, she's curating another fashion show in the spring. She asked me possibly to be part of that so she's you know also obviously working out those logistics Mm -hmm. um with her awesome self you know doing what she does yeah so there's potential there i've been asked to do another fashion show next holiday season so like in 2023 like a year from now yeah waiting on details on that but you know, was just like all like all these things have been going on. I was like, whoa, I guess I'm a fashion designer. <laughs> know. but I didn't you know, I didn't plan on it, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't like my my dream. But I enjoy it. It just takes a lot of work. Um, but it's really amazing to see, you know, these creations that just like are in your head, you know, on people wearing it down the the runway, you know, these models doing their thing, mm-hmm. um, showcasing your work and then people liking it, you know, and people buying it. Yeah. And people wanting more of it, you know, and wanting to see what you're doing next. And now I'm trying to get into like menswear because people are like, I would like a mens yeah. like button up shirt or something, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, okay. And I kind of just listen and adapt and, you know, take feedback. Um, I try to get a variety of models. Of course, can't please everyone with everything I do, but, um, uh, try to get different ages um different tribes
2: mm-hmm.
1: different locations it's been fun
0: that first show you did um I like how when they thought your sister was you, and then they came to you right as mm-hmm. as thinking you were a designer at that time like you you're full on you're full on it like like you are now. And you didn't like, cause I know some people would, would, would probably back out or say, well, well, well I'm not a designer or something. Mm-hmm. You know, they would label themselves as like, I just, I don't do that, you know? And how am I going to do that if I do accept that, you know? Uh-huh. and But I like how you just did it. Like you just, you know, you knew you had to put in more work and you had to make a lot of stuff in order for that to happen. And you just did it. Like, was there? It sounded like there was no second thoughts of it. Like you're just like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, (laughs) was it like that? (laughs) Yeah,
1: kind of. I was like, sounds fun. I can do it. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, at first committed, like I was just like, well, I want to showcase my jewelry. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, you you know, want you do clothing. And then at that time, I just had Mm T-shirts, and so I was just literally planning on putting T-shirts on T-shirts on everyone and pairing with jewelry, but. The jewelry I was producing at that time was kind of like more high fashion, mm. you know? I mean, you can wear it with T-shirts, yeah. but like the, cause I was doing like a holiday collection and like a fall collection, which were like copper and, uh, brass materials. And I was like, I'm going to have to step it up a little bit, out of know, this T-shirt world, <laughs> T-shirt world, <laughs> um, for this show. Cause yeah. so that's why I was just like, I wanted it to be better than they even asked me i guess yeah. they are just like put t-shirts on it's like, okay i was like no it's, it's not, it's not. <laughs> 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 but i'll make it okay <laughs> you know
0: was that the empowered shirt yeah that yeah. was the one that okay that you were that you get that you let everybody wear i guess
1: or yeah, well, I, I think that's what they um, said I could do because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, you, you'll you be all right, you know, because I did was like I was just like, well, I got jewelry. And I just have like T-shirts, you know, mm-hmm. at this time I had like a geometric T-shirt going on, too. So I was like, I guess I could do that, you know, and they're like, you know, yeah, yeah, because I think they just wanted to fill that slot. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I was like, OK. And then I was like thinking about it. I was like, oh, man. I don't know. I'm not a fashion designer. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Uh, so I did it, and it was a it was a good challenge. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it. Still doing it. Uh, made me uh, a better overall designer, I think. Mm-hmm. And just like learning about that type of world, um, the fashion world, the model world. Um, I kind of expanded my like mindset and learning about different body types and about, um, different audiences. Cause my, my audience has like varied over the past year. Uh, it's mainly women though, you know, of all ages. Mm-hmm. So it, it's been fun to kind of design pieces that, um, like my mom would wear or, uh, my grandma's, um, but at the same time, like, like a teenager might, might like, you know, mm-hmm. or a college student. So kind of just getting this variety of, Different textiles um, that people might like and they do like mm-hmm. um, and then also like listening to to what people and watching what people are wearing, you know like the trends and stuff um, and then trying to do it myself, you know which mm-hmm. has <laughs> been fun.
0: Well, I like you know I love that you didn't back down and you just did it and then it it was fun right you had fun that mm-hmm. first one a lot of fun went into that and then i mean it's it, it became what it is now yeah you know? i mean in that short a time it's become such a, a hip thing to wear um i don't know too much about designing lingo so <laughs> i am just use the word hip it, <laughs> yes <laughs> but i mean it's cool like you know like i'll see you at um different events set up you know mm-hmm. i'm always checking out your work um I like that black and white jacket.
1: Yeah, it's so kind of like a little bit more like streetwear, I guess. Yeah.
0: What's that print on there?
1: Uh, I always just do a combination of what I know, you know, my background. Because I'm, I'm Osage, Oto, Pawnee, mm-hmm. Sack and Fox, Potawatomi. That's it. <laughs> um, you know, but I also, you know, my husband's Seminole and uh, Creek and you well, know, he's Pawnee too. Uh, he's also from the sluts tribe. So like up in Oregon. So I've spent mm-hmm. some time up there, you know, and I've traveled the world and kind of seen different areas and different cultures and just kind of like learning how design works in general. Mm-hmm. I think is really important to, if anyone, if you get an opportunity to travel, do it. Yeah. Um, especially internationally. Um, I've been to, uh, Japan and Thailand, Um, and just seeing how their culture is absorbed into like their fashion Mm -hmm. had a really big influence on me too. And, um, you know, taking all those experiences in like, you know, all these cultures of the world, uh, where their art, you know, it's part of their, who they are, you know, just like us, you know, Mm -hmm. arts, part of like native communities. Like we've always communicated with art no matter what it is, you know, it was tattoos, what we wore, uh, ribbon work designs. Um, way you wear your hair, you know, uh, what colors you wore, you <laughs> know, red, you know, black,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, face paint, you know, all of that's art. Um, so it's really interesting to kind of see the the variety in the world and think about how my art is on like other people. Um, and so like when I design things, they might be uh, like a mixture or like a fusion of like uh, a ribbon work design and a floral. Mm-hmm which, um, you know, some tribes have, sometimes don't, they don't, but I'll never do like a, like a Northern design in my work. Cause that's not my background. So mine's more kind of like Southern, I would say, uh, influences. And then I just shake it up a little bit, yeah. <laughs> make it cool looking, add some, add some stuff in there uh, Yeah. and colors. I really enjoy working with colors. Um, learning like about color theory in grad school. Mm -hmm. There's all these different uh, types of things you can do to shift uh, a layout, you know, design, stuff like that.
0: Did you teach yourself how to screen print and stuff too? Uh,
1: Yeah, I learned that in grad school. Oh, did you? Mm Mm-hmm. learned a lot there. Uh, That's where I learned laser printing too, which is uh, my acrylic stuff is laser printed. Um. What I didn't get to learn, though, is that 3D printer. Oh. Never, <laughs> I never went in there. Um, how come? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, never, I guess I never really had the opportunity to. Um, like, it was there. You can go in there, like, on your free time. I just, like, didn't because I didn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And So I had this one class where uh, it was kind of, like, open range of we get to choose what we wanted to learn like something we haven't learned before mm-hmm. and you can choose that 3d printer or you can do um the laser printer or the screen printer or um type type press uh or something something else you can do like a like a pro like a hardcore like product design which involves like woodwork uh and i did laser the laser i was really interested in laser at that time so uh and screen printing i did screen printing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah you can only choose two uh, oh. that's the one i chose <laughs> <laughs> and i was like really the whole time I was like, oh than <laughs> that 3d printer over there because <laughs> you know some of my classmates did and, you know they're making these little like figurines they're scanning their bodies and like printing themselves and so mm-hmm. making like little action figures and yeah stuff like that i've seen that on tiktok you know and uh you know, but doing also amazing things with like their research and stuff. But yeah, I just never had the opportunity to. Um, I always just said like, oh, I'll learn it. It's, you know, I just never have. <laughs> so there's, I mean, there's room there. I can. Yeah. Um, I hear it's not that difficult once you figure out whatever machine that you're learning. And, and there's one in Tulsa, I believe, uh, at the Fab Lab. Um, have you heard of that? Hmm. There's like this. This uh, place called Tulsa Fab Lab. It's like uh, where we can like fabricate different things. Like they have a laser printer there, uh 3D printer, and all these other things that are like open for use, community use. You just have to like uh, join. Really? Mm-hmm.
0: What's the catch?
1: You got to join. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> like there, I think there's a membership fee to uh-huh. use it. It's not that much, but... That's it Uh, Mm. You have to take Like classes Like safety classes To be able to use That stuff Really? Yeah you can go over there And use it What's it it called? Uh, Fab Lab
0: Fab Lab Mm -hmm. Okay I gotta remember that Remind me Yeah Don't
1: forget Well I You know I um, Have not had Opportunity to go over there Yet Mm. I've just been wanting to So Marley and I Are gonna go over there Um, My assistant And she's gonna be doing Um I don't know, Some I forget what she's wanting to do over there. But yeah, I want to look at the three d printer and maybe can produce more little designs. Action figures. <laughs> little action figures. <laughs> yeah, you know. Little indigenous uh Pawnee man on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Riding into the sunset.
0: <laughs> yeah, I seen that on I seen there was a TikTok I watched and there's this guy, he was uh charging people to make them as action figures. And he was scanning this one guy and that guy was kind of like, oh, you know, probably won't be that good. And he, I don't know how he scanned him, but he scanned him. It was just like a, you know, those videos are edited down to where they fit like a minute or something. So it's, he's getting scanned and then it starts working. Like he just starts making that dude exactly what he's wearing. And he's like, he's like doing a pose. And anyway, it gets done and he's looking at, he's like, oh man, this is dope. He's like an action figure of me like and I was like, "Man, I would love that if I could have that done to me. I'd set it right here every day."
1: <laughs> oh, I'll make you one if I
2: can figure it out.
0: <laughs> 3D printing. It's uh have you heard that they're trying to um like mimic meat with 3D printing?
1: Oh, probably. It's over <laughs>
0: it's overseas, but they're going to probably push it here since like meat's crazy or whatever but they're like seasoning it just like the right way to make it taste like meat Mm -hmm. and you could cook it and you could eat it
1: oh
0: yeah and people are like making burgers with it it's 3d printed meat and i'm like this is like one step closer to like the matrix I know (laughs) when that dude i think his name's uh cyrus i think i don't know but he's in that restaurant and he's meeting with some agent and they're in the restaurant and he's like eat your steak he's like, i know it's not real he's like but i my mind will think it's real and he eats it he cuts a piece off and he eats it he's like oh my god that's so good and he's like but i know that's not real and i was like dude this is just like another step into that yeah with 3d printed meat like it's not real meat but i don't know then again i was talking to chef uh nico uh-huh. and we were talking about like she was talking about doritos you know how they're just not even like they're just like a chip yeah. but they layer it with so much stuff that it makes your mind think it's like a taco of some sort like that's why you get so addicted to that stuff mm-hmm. so it was very interesting to hear about food and stuff and uh, i seen that 3d printed meat after we had our episode and i was gonna tell her to know about that but see see her thoughts on
2: what 3d <laughs> printed <of> meat. <laughs> she like, what? Uh,
1: she's cool yeah I did her logo um oh, that's that was what she like said. cool yeah it was a yeah. cool uh, thing and uh yeah I don't do many logos uh nowadays mm-hmm. um I do you know though they just have to wait like Nico had, poor thing uh I should wait about four or five months Whoa. to get into my schedule yeah like right now I have some I have a couple of logos lined up my next opening's like March mm-hmm. so it's not that far out well like I mean it is but can't do one like if someone needs one like next week, you know? <laughs> um, so that's cool. You know, I, I'm, I'm still into like my small business side of my uh, wampy designs. Uh, so I do contract work. I do like resource designs and larger designs for uh, different organizations. Like I did uh, like a booklet design this past month for the Osage nation for the sesquicentennial program mm-hmm. <laughs> as a word of a <laughs> hard pronunciation. <laughs> I learned it though. Sesquicentennial. Uh, and then I, do, you know, do various stuff. Um, and that was like my world before I got into like jewelry mm-hmm. and and fashion mm-hmm. now, um, and teaching. So I, I taught uh, graphic design and I had my own small business. Um, And the reason I kind of transitioned to like creating more items like to sell and stuff like that is that it just allowed myself to be more creative, Mm -hmm. you know, and produce like art, like anything that I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was missing that in my life. So like when I was teaching, uh, you know, I still love teaching. I just, I just can't do it full time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's too much. Um. You kids out there are too much for me. <laughs> 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 I was teaching college, you know, um, but I enjoyed it. You know, I, I'm still like on a uh, committee right now, like capstone committee. Like, I'll mentor uh, seniors and stuff and graphic design and give them feedback back and uh, critique um, stuff. And I was actually supposed to be teaching a class this semester, but I got canceled. Mm. So, um, But that's still, you know, helping them learn those programs, you know, like Illustrator and Design, Photoshop, helping them learn typography, um, learning how to work with clients and, you know, just teaching them all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's no room for me, myself, to be like creative in that space. It's kind of like teaching them to be creative, which is cool. you You know, I love doing that, too. But I just couldn't do that all the time you know. Yeah. And same with working with clients. I'm like I'm using my my skill set to produce a logo or produce a business card or design something for you, design website or whatever. Um I'm still producing like what you want.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. I'm like getting your sketches and making them reality, which is also a fun process and I still, you know, obviously I still do that, but mm-hmm. I don't do that 100% of the time. Yeah. Because that's, you know, it's not fulfilling to just only do that or only teach or only do my my own stuff so i kind of just do it like all of them mm-hmm. all the time so
0: when you, um i'll probably backtrack uh you were helping with the language yeah what you said you made uh like the abcs mm-hmm. but my little the, stencils yeah i help with uh our language and it's really hard to forget english mm-hmm. and i've i've been saying this but it is, man. It's really hard to just forget English and just tune that out and learn your language. And I was thinking about that. Like we were talking about you're talking about how you created those the ABCs and everything as you walk into the room. Um, that would help me. Yeah. You know, that would be that would I you see, like I never even think of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, but it's so like you have to just think about everything that, you know, like you, what you do? You walked in the room, or you thought about what you you would see in a classroom, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it was all the ABCs, all because I remember that too when I was a kid. They were all around the room in each corner and everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Was it before? It was for grad.
1: No, that was my yeah. That was my thesis project. Oh, was that yeah. your okay? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so for my
1: dissertation. So I, that was like um, the materials, the stencils that I made. They were part of like a like a. informal pilot project Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little technical um where I just had like a single set of like the letters and um laser laser cut out of um like a plastic material Mm -hmm. that's like stencil like and I gave it to um one of the the teachers there and um that was after we had like a conversation about like what would you like to have to help you create more materials or for the students to use and, um, you know, anything like that. And we, we just kind of settled on like a set of stencils. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she used those and she was, she was able to like create like, you know, posters to hang on the walls with those, uh, those stencils. Cause you can create any word, you know, a stencil. Yeah. Um, and that evolved into like my dissertation work because, uh, there was a need for different sizes of stencils mm-hmm. and then how they were like just designed individually they wanted like a like an all-in-one sheet of stencils mm-hmm. and then different sizes so i you know did all of that and then tested all of those and observed um, all those being used um, and then it's still evolving like today you know i'm still yeah. you know working on um, now like sectioning different like letter groups together into Mm -hmm. like a stencil set and so they're not individual or like you know all all of them all in one there's maybe like five together and then another five another five because it's like a little bit easier to work with Mm -hmm. So, so you know stuff like that that was able to come out of that research but yeah like the Osage language the way that that orthography is designed it wasn't designed until 2005 um and it was because the you know we used the english language to teach osage and it was hard to disassociate you know with english and yeah. how you know letter a has like three different sounds you know you can do or the d or um you know and there's different sounds that you uh say in you know, Pawnee or Osage with those letters and you're using it to create different sounds, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why they designed that orthography. And the way the orthography works is that each letter form only has one sound mm-hmm. and that's it. So you can learn that sound and you, mm-hmm. so you know how to read a word no matter what, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so like, I, I can learn all the sounds of the orthography and, I, and, I, and I, do, I do know them now um, because I know how to pronounce each one because they only have one sound each. Yeah. And so I can read something now and I say, I don't know what it means, <laughs> <laughs> but I can read it uh-huh. because I know the sounds of those letters, mm-hmm. you know, and once you get that far, you can start understanding like the, the construction of how these letters go together. And start noticing patterns and get more beyond like that beginner level, which is what, what I'm doing now and kind of like sentence structure and then start learning like what those words represent and what they mean. Mm-hmm. And it's a little again, it's a little bit different than like learning English. There's not like a literal translation for each word. It's like a, you know, a set of like mindset for each word, mm-hmm. you know, different worldview yeah. type things. So Is uh,
0: a Osage language, is that very descriptive too?
1: Yeah, I think they're very similar, in how they're, uh, how you like construct the words. Mm-hmm. I think are like the not not construct, um, like what they are meaning. I guess like mm-hmm. the meaning behind them. Because like, uh, one example is like saying the Osage word for like cup, isn't like a cup. You know, it's like a something that holds liquid. Mm-hmm. Basically, is like the the translation, yeah, but it's how you use it in like a context, you know? So it may not be a cup. It may be like a bowl. If you say it and you use it with the word like food, you know, because it holds food instead of water Mm. or, you know, stuff like that. So there's like a little bit, there's like layers of like how it's said and how it's, uh, paired with different other words, descriptors, I guess, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't mean like this is a cup with water. You know, it's a whole sentence in English (laughs) because we have, you know, nouns and all that stuff. You know, we don't have that. Yeah. Uh, So it's a different way of learning.
0: It is. It's hard, man. Like we were learning numbers last spring and oh, my gosh, that hurt my (laughs) head so much. I was so confused. I was like, because we went from like one to like 20 and I was like, oh, this is cool. Then like 20 to 50, I was like, oh, God, stop. And then we went to like 100. And they are like, all right. And then if you want to go to a thousand, you know, you got to add this and do it like this. And it was so confusing. Very like very that cool. whole lesson that we did in the spring was like, I don't know, guys, I don't know if this is for me or not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got Some of it. matters. <laughs> so I got one to 20. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but I mean, it's very, it's very interesting, you know, to think back about the language and everything. But I mean, what a journey for you. You know, you, yeah. Move back here. <laughs> mad. But, you know, did your time at Woodland and I mean were shrugged off by that mean lady. I know. But I mean, like I like I think it was like that was meant to happen, you know, because I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't the right time. Maybe something would have happened in that to where you would have hated it. Yeah. Maybe she was Maybe she'd give you crap all all the time or something, you know, to where yeah. you couldn't flourish, I guess. And she
1: could have stole my design. She could have stole <laughs>
0: it. And she could have been. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, incredible, incredible timeline of to where you're at now. And are you doing the fashion show on the 17th? No,
1: Antarctica? I'm not. Um, no. I. I wanted to be involved in some kind of way. Mm. Um, that's usually when I, my family gathers for Christmas. Okay. And so I just kind of blocked those weekends off <laughs> mm. just to be like available. Yeah. Um, cause that you know, it's a special time I think that we get to have every year. So, yeah. uh, but I haven't heard anything now, like with the dates. So I was just like, well, I guess I could have <laughs> been help, more helpful <laughs> or at least like, uh, you know, um, provide some advice or at least with my experience, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe I'll be able to attend if I don't have a thing going on and I'd be uh, in the audience for once and kind of see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or I might
1: just be at home.
0: (laughs) I was going to go, but we have a Charmin's work has a a Christmas party that charity. I think RSVP does for like Mm -hmm. last month. I was like, I'll tell Danielle, I'll go next time, but you know. Yeah, I things. think it's
1: gonna it's gonna be a good foundation for the future, and uh, definitely would like to be involved in some sort of way next year, even if it's just uh, um, a little part. You know, I don't have to be in it as mm-hmm. a designer, or maybe I can you know help out, you know, whatever volunteer
2: architecture,
1: yeah, architecture, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> but like another thing is like there's so. Much, takes so much time to prepare for fashion shows mm-hmm. because you have to like if you're doing like at least 8 to 12 looks you have to have like options for those models to wear you know if you haven't worked with them before mm-hmm. now thankfully I've been using a lot of the same models throughout the you know past three shows and so I, I know what looks good on them at least to me mm-hmm. you know they look good in anything probably. But like, like kind of like what sizes that might or styles might uh, look good paired with like the jewelry that I'm making. Mm-hmm. But even then, like I might be like styling them and I'm like, that doesn't look quite right. So like, uh, you know, they'll bring like options for shoes and stuff like that. Um, and I'll pick like the makeup that I have them, uh, makeup artists do. I'll like curate that. Uh, I'll have to make sure I have a hairstyle picked out for each look. You know, it's a lot of work kind of just like really planning um because you want them to represent your work in the best way you can, right? Mm-hmm. And um in a in a variety, you can't just have everyone going out on the same thing, too, you know. It's yeah. boring. You got to be complex. <laughs> yeah. And so you have to have um uh, multiple sizes ready for these models to try on. You got to decide on one. Um and even after that, you might, you know, shuffle some if uh, a couple of them are the same sizes, like if they're both size like medium or something. Um you might like say like, you guys switch looks because like your, she's like a little bit taller and that hangs a little bit differently when mm-hmm. she walks, you know, stuff like that. Is just like little things. Um, but that takes like weeks of preparation to, to get ready, especially if you're like sewing stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I can't just put together something unless I have it already in my inventory. So I have been keeping like a small like jewelry inventory. So if I am asked to do something like smaller then I could say like, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can throw something together. Um, do like a whole like runway show. It's like, it's, it's, a, at least a month preparation time. It's like right now I'm doing a lot of focus of my time into, um, preparing for my vendor booths, which will be a vendor at, uh, the winter market, art market and first Americans museum and also the Tulsa, and the American art market. Um, so that's December 3rd and December 10th. Um, And then we're also going to have like an open studio holiday pop up at our studio down in Tulsa the following week. So that's like three
2: weeks
1: (laughs) that I've been like, you know, working towards. Mm -hmm. And so I can't, you know, fit in anything else. This is it. It's my capacity. Yeah. Um, And then I'm also working on like a sculpture. So that's a whole other thing that I've gotten. I haven't even talked about that. Mm -hmm. I forgot all about it. (laughs) I've been, um, so I was commissioned to do, uh, the sculpture that's going to be in the state capitol. Whoa. Uh, yeah. It's like 70 feet, 75 feet long. Whoa. It's like a series. Like there's over, it's about 354 pieces total. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, they kind of were based in the idea of like my jewelry, right. The metal work. And they are like little, so I just like blown them up basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all different designs uh, they're going to be on the ceiling So they're going to be placed and suspended from the ceiling, kind of like constellations. Mm -hmm. And so when you walk into the state capitol entrance, you're going to be underneath that. It's Mm going to be in there. So that is going to be installed and be able to, you can go see it in the spring. So I got to get that done. (laughs) So I've been doing that. It's been hard because it's in brass. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I have all my pieces now, like, well, I'm waiting on some, but, like, brass has been, just in general, a material that's been hard to get. Like, it's, like, shortage of materials in the material world, I guess. Really? Yeah. And the price has, like, spiked up on it. So at one point, I thought I had to, like, kind of cut off, like, and change materials because of that. Mm-hmm. Um This summer, but I've found a way, I'll find a way to make it happen. We <laughs> 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 did it. Um... And so now I'm just working with like making sure that they're all like clean. So I have all my pieces, they're all in my studio and at home, um, I have to clean each one and, um, I'm doing like just like a special coating so they don't tarnish, uh, and so that they can hang up there and they're all perfect forever. (laughs) (laughs) And that process takes a little bit longer because um, now since it's cold, I, like the, uh, the, the protectant that I put on it, it doesn't like cure in like cold weather mm-hmm. has to be like in a certain like temperature. And so you have to like bring it inside and it's like fumes. It can't be just like inside the house, like working, you know, oh, like yeah. gas mask on and stuff. So it's just been like a balance. I just do like, a couple pieces, uh, you know, every day and just let it. You can let it dry to a point, and then I was put it gonna be like just hanging it in my studio to dry um so I told Marla I was like it might be kind of fumey here <laughs> <laughs> but it'll dissipate, you know, um, let it you know cure overnight but so that's that's a whole other uh avenue public art that I've been kind of exposed to, and that was um it's kind of stemming off of that landscape design project you know I was uh encouraged to apply for that and then encouraged to apply for this. Um, and got commissioned to do that, so I was like, "Cool, let's do it, make it happen." So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that, and gonna be a public artist now. Add that to my yeah. my resume. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it's gonna be really, really, really cool.
0: That is so awesome. I mean, just I mean, it's a lot of work, man. Mm-hmm. Do it, but everybody, you know, have on they have so much going on. I yeah. mean, it's just constant work. It's and a constant it it's a constant grind of just um you know, you think they're doing one thing, but it's like no, I have like several different things I'm working on.
1: Yeah. You know? like, when people ask me to do something I'm like I'm too busy. Exactly. Like they don't really realize like I am really busy. Yeah. But um, you know, at moments like this, like this week it's cold. I can't do much mm-hmm. like other than like jewelry stuff and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, um, but I kind of have to like shuffle things a lot of things, yeah. So, once I pencil you in, I I try to like stay Like with my commitments, yeah. I'm <laughs> so glad I didn't have to this. reschedule too much, yeah. Um, yeah. but I did have a massage today, so I'm sorry to my massage therapist, <laughs> I had to um reschedule for tomorrow because self care is part of my schedule.
0: <laughs> well, thankfully, you almost left earlier with my Ralston. I know, remark, so. I was like,
1: I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I'm coming over. <laughs> so, anyway, a little shout out to my uh, massage therapist, uh, Jamie NQ Whartonby. She's Kiowa. She's she lives here in Tulsa. She has her own practice. She's the best massage therapist I've ever had. Whoa. I've gotten massage my whole life,
2: but mm-hmm.
1: I make it part of my monthly routine now because I just I'm so doing a lot of different things and traveling and doing everything. I have to take couple hours out for myself to just relax get reset uh, visit <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah self care artists out there if you don't do self care for yourself you you will get worn out you need to renew your body um, and your mind you know
0: I need to look into that
1: An acupuncture she got me in the acupuncture
0: I've tried that before it doesn't you'd think it would hurt but it doesn't hurt
1: it's like, I don't know. Really I like it.
0: You don't like it? <laughs> no, I do like oh, it. Oh, I thought you said so. I don't really like it.
1: <laughs> I said, no, like, I didn't know if I would like it, uh-huh. but I do. Um, so I do that every month, too.
0: And Have you tried the cupping?
1: I did. Well, she did that to me one time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, She just asked me, said, so, Do you want to do some cupping? I said, Yeah, okay. You know, because I've seen it, like, on, like, Michael Phelps or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think those swimmers, the, like, octopus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did that one time. But I don't like do it regularly.
3: Mm-hmm. But it makes
1: sense, like the science behind it. Mm-hmm. Did you do you know the science behind it? What is it? Oh, I don't know. I was oh, the- kidding. <laughs> <You did. laughs> <I'm like laughs> I don't know. That's why I was asking you. I was you. asking you. <laughs> no, like the way I understand it, because I did ask when she did that. <laughs> was like so when you know when they massage you. Mm-hmm. they're pushing into your muscles right they're rubbing your muscles you're if you think about it you know and you see like a you know finger going into your skin those muscles are being compressed
2: mm-hmm.
1: and they're you know being massaged and so cupping like allows that muscle to go the opposite way mm-hmm. so it, like pulls it up yeah right mm-hmm. and so like that's that's basically why so you kind of really work out if you have like uh Muscles that really need like that extra push, you know, or whatever. Yeah, that's how I understand it. Okay, which makes sense, you know, when you think about it. Like, okay, yeah. yeah. So that's why your skin's all up in that cup too, because yeah. it's like really it's grabbing that muscle underneath there and making it kind of massage backwards. That's crazy, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I might have to do that more.
1: Yeah, and once you know that, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And maybe I do need to work my muscle from both sides. I'll try it here.
2: <laughs> Yeah.
1: No. Just be in the mirror. <laughs> in your bathroom, that Can't mirror.
2: <laughs> oh, God. God. these big
1: hickeys.
0: Oh, hickey dough. Getting in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I was cupping myself. <laughs> C- cupping yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my what's gosh. he doing in that bathroom <laughs> he's, he's cupping himself <laughs> coming out with these, cir- these circles <laughs> these hickeys he's <laughs> got that disgusted look
0: when I come out
2: gosh.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show uh, anytime you want to come back on let me know whenever you got some time shoot, we'll do that fantasy thing Even, Yeah, that'd be awesome um But let everybody know, again, where you're going to be at in the coming months and then where to follow you and find you.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll have a vendor booth at the First Americans Museum in Oklahoma City the first weekend in December, which is the 3rd and the 4th. I believe it's 11 to 4 or 11 to 5 p.m. each day. So I'm going to have a lot of different products, more clothing there um, and more art. Um, cause I, I, do, you know, art and painting and stuff. So, uh, I'll have more art pieces there, uh, and be debuting my holiday collection for my jewelry. So that'll be a special and you know, a special holiday edition. I'll be advertising that on my Instagram stories. Um, and then also then the following weekend, I'll be here in Tulsa at the Native American art market. I think at the Methodist church. It's on my, it's on my Instagram. So my Instagram is, uh, at Weompe, W-E-O-M-E-P-E. Um, and so I'll have, uh, more items there. I think I'll have a little bit more t-shirts and, and different types of jewelry there. Um, anything that doesn't sell at, uh, fam, you know, I'll have it at my booth in in Tulsa. Uh, but I also will, they're having like a fashion show there. Mm. And so it's, it's not like a super huge like production but it is part of the entertainment so i'm just going to be doing two models there, like a male and a female and they're going to be walking um so i'm not am not like you know headlining the show or whatever i think she has uh trisha she has a uh, like five six different designers they're all just going to be showcasing just like you know a couple examples of their work mm-hmm. and uh, there's gonna be dj there and stuff like that so that'll be cool if you can make it out to there um and then that following Friday, December sixteenth, I plan to do uh, with my uh, my uh, my design assistant, my studio mate uh, Marley uh, Fixigo Hard- Hardison of No Heart Design. She's going to be doing um, small art pieces, seminal patchwork pieces, um, and we have a studio together, so we're going to have that open to the public. Have open holiday shop, so. We're planning on having that like noon to seven uh, that day. So any last minute gifts that you want. Um, If I sell out jewelry, I'm going to make new jewelry for that. Um, But I'll have jewelry there and I'll have what's cool about that is because it's in my studio, I'll have all my inventory there. So I'm going to have like a big, huge like inventory sale. So all these like last minute items, like last chance items, I guess you can say. From like this past year, maybe some from like the beginning of the year, uh, like last sizes, like they'll all be on sale. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that and uh, seeing what the new year brings after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So, everybody, go check her out. She's going to be at a lot of places. She's having her, what do you call it, a closeout?
1: It's like well we're calling it like a holiday pop-up shop
0: holiday pop-up shop but it
1: will include a close close out of like a lot of items
0: so check out that add on instagram facebook um designer doing a lot of big things here and once again you know let me know if you want to come back on and uh the fantasy thing that would be dope i'm so down for that but uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Check out Okie Podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, check me out on Instagram at Okie Podcasts at Russell's Forty Nine. Check me out on Facebook as well, Russell Sun Eagle and Okie Podcasts. Check out a website, okipodcast.com and check out the other podcasts i'm a host of unsolved mysteries of the reservation we are available apple spotify wherever you listen to podcasts follow us on instagram and on tiktok at reservation underscore mysteries reservation underscore mysteries so until next time everybody peace